BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. California is responding to concerns over the politics of a potential COVID-19 vaccine. Governor Gavin Newsom said yesterday the state will launch a working group of top health experts who will review future COVID-19 vaccines approved by the Federal Food and Drug Administration. The group of 11 experts ranging from immunologists to health equity specialists will independently monitor vaccine trials and procedures. It's a move that follows one announced last month by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo amid worries that President Trump might rush the process of developing and distributing a vaccine. Newsom said vaccine distribution will be a slow process. It's 2021 for, as they say, you and me that will likely have the access and availability with these protocols and the vaccination plans that we're putting out of a vaccine. Governor also said essential and health care workers will be prioritized for the first phases of vaccine distribution. In Los Angeles, more than 100 residents joined community activists last night to protest a troublesome battery recycling plant that polluted homes and businesses for decades. They're energized over a recent court ruling that leaves state taxpayers responsible for the rest of the cleanup bill. More on this story now from KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb. For years, decades even, residents living near the Exide Battery Recycling Plant in Vernon complained it was poisoning their families, and it was. State officials had to shut the plant down and ordered Exide to pay to clean up thousands of properties contaminated with lead, arsenic, and other hazardous chemicals. But the company recently filed for Chapter 11, and just days ago, a federal judge approved its bankruptcy plan, essentially passing the expense of future cleanups onto the state. What do we do? Stand up, fight back! For many residents, that is unacceptable. I grew up in Boyle Heights, born and raised. Max Orozco showed up to protest in a white hazmat suit and a painter's mask. His childhood home is among those polluted by Exide. And when we got the soil tested, it had literally toxic waste levels of lead contamination. Protesters showed their disgust with the court ruling by dumping what they called contaminated dirt outside the federal building in downtown LA. Folks like Ryan Schneider, who showed up with his two kids to demonstrate. They're going to leave it on California taxpayers to pay, to pay for all the cleanup. They got to let them know that this is unacceptable. They're, they're killing essential workers. Schneider says he's had to pour concrete in his backyard in East LA. He won't let his children, he says, play in the dirt. The state has mandated that homes and businesses within a roughly two mile radius of the now shuttered Exide plant be cleaned. And so far, 2,000 residential homes have been. But thousands more still need attention, with a price tag in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Exide, for its part, says it's already paid $75 million and that it does not have the money to keep cleaning. For the California Reports, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Boyle Heights. Ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft are using in-app pop-up ads to urge riders and drivers to vote for Proposition 22. That ballot measure would allow companies that depend on gig workers to continue a key part of their business model, classifying workers as contractors, not employees. KQED's Sam Harnett reports. 
Uber and Lyft driver Hector Castellanos is against Proposition 22. That's because when he injured his shoulder in an accident on the job, he had no workers' compensation, and his daughter had to drop out of college to help the family pay the bills. Castellanos says it really bugs him how much pro-Prop 22 messaging he's getting from his bosses, especially the pop-up ads inside the app. It's coming to pop up every time I turn on my app or I drop off a passenger. A screenshot he shared shows that the pop-up said, quote, Prop 22 is progress. Castellanos had to click either yes on Prop 22 or OK. There was no other way to exit the screen. Drivers have to click yes in order to keep working. Anyway, if they don't want it, but, you know, they have to click yes. Riders of Lyft and Uber are also getting pro Prop 22 pop-ups and messages in their apps. But in regards to Castellanos' story, an Uber spokesperson says the company changed the pop-up a few weeks ago to be more informational and give drivers an option to close it. Also, he said the pop-up should only appear when drivers go offline. But drivers often switch between different apps that they work for and might have to click through the pop-up repeatedly. For The California Report, I'm Sam Harnett. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We in California are at the height of our traditional wildfire season. The state is watching for new fires with spotting cameras and aircraft and satellites in space. KQED science reporter Daniel Venton brings us this. By now, you've probably heard. Now, deadly wildfires in California have now burned more than 4 million acres this year. And that is a new record for most acres burned in a single year. But how do we know that? Have you ever wondered? A lot of the records you get from fire agencies, like from CAL FIRE, are actually derived in terms of the areas that are burned from satellite data. James Randerson is an earth science professor at UC Irvine. Because of the way that radiation is emitted from fires, you can actually detect a fire that's quite small, the size of a room. Satellites from NASA and NOAA spot heat as visible in the infrared spectrum. This has been revolutionary. For scientists and fire officials to see where the wildfires are. And also just to understand how these fires, like in California, how quickly they grow and what controls their growth. And researchers like Randerson also use the data to study change. What's the influence of people and climate change on global patterns of fires? He's seen fires become bigger and hotter in California and northern boreal forests. He's tracked fires in the Amazon linked to deforestation. He's also noticed fire disappearing from places where it's needed, such as tropical savannas and grasslands where large animals graze. His favorite set of satellites? The NOAA-20 and NASA Suomi. It's wonderful because it allows us to track fires with a resolution we haven't been able to see before. 
He can now look through the canopies in thick tropical forests and see fires in the understory. He hopes the ability to detect these formerly hidden fires can guide conservation efforts. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. New data from the California Association of Realtors shows home sales last month beating a record set more than a decade ago. It's an odd conundrum. The pandemic appears to have put a damper on many parts of the economy, including rents in some places like San Francisco. And yet sales in September were up more than 20 percent from a year ago. Joining me now to sort through this is Chris Thornburg of Beacon Economics. Hi, Chris. Hi. So the California Association of Realtors says almost a half a million existing single-family homes changed hands. That is a stunning number of homes. Given where we are at in this pandemic, does that seem odd to you? Well, it doesn't, uh, to be honest with you. And I know that seems strange. As tragic as the pandemic is, at the same time, the economic consequences of the pandemic are nowhere near as severe as a lot of folks have made them out to be. Look, again, this is a tragic situation, but it's a transitory situation. And and while we continue to see a portion of the U.S. population suffer because, you know, Disneyland is still closed and hotels are not working very rapidly and airlines are, are largely way below capacity. However, reality is most of the economy is operating. We're lining up for a 36% growth rate in the third quarter of the year. Unemployment is falling. And oh, by the way, remember the, the frenetic overwhelming government stimulus has created a circumstance in which they have really, I would put say, put a fire into housing. You know, compare what's going on in the housing market with what's happening, to your knowledge, with rents. There's been a lot of headlines flying around the last couple of days around San Francisco, which has been the nation's most expensive rental market for quite some time. Rents are down 30 percent from a year ago, according to some reports. Right. Does it make sense to you that rents are falling when demand for home purchases is so strong? Yeah, well, again, I don't believe those numbers. Um, those numbers are taken from an online, your realtor.com posting when people are posting apartments for rent, as the case may be. That is not a balanced sample. That could be simply because high-end apartments are not turning over as rapidly as low-end ones are right now. That's all you might be seeing in that data. I don't buy it. Yeah, well, we're looking for, as I was saying, the data that might support some of the anecdotal evidence that we're seeing of, yeah. of, for example, companies in Silicon Valley saying, you know what, you don't ever have to come back to the office. And so people are thinking about moving far away. In some cases, they already have. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch hopefully some yeah. more solid metrics come in in the coming weeks and months. Chris Thornburg of Beacon Economics, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And finally this morning, the coronavirus pandemic and shutdowns have been devastating for many small businesses all over California. But in the economic wreckage, there are examples here and there of beloved businesses that many people thought were gone for good, somehow finding a way to reopen. From Los Angeles, my California Report colleague Saul Gonzalez has the story of one such restaurant. Saul? Lily, like with so many other cities, 2020 has been terrible for Los Angeles' dining scene, with some of the city's best-known restaurants closing their doors for good and laying off their employees. But LA Foodies got some good news this week with the announcement that Swingers, which closed early in the pandemic, will soon reopen. The diner on LA's Beverly Boulevard first opened 27 years ago and became known for its mid-century modern decor, American comfort food, and late 
late night hours, which made it a magnet for LA hipsters in the 1990s. When it does reopen, swingers will confine service to outdoor seating and takeout orders. Indoor dining still isn't permitted in Los Angeles County. And that is the California Report for this Tuesday, October 20th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you so much for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, no sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint, water with a touch of true fruit flavor. And Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the Earth needs a good lawyer. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.